Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Parody Podcast. I'm your host, Jan McGingley. And I'm Mitch Creighton. And today, we have an extremely exciting episode. We'll be talking about the new cubes of the month, which there are actually quite a few of. Then we'll go over to how to get sponsored, and then have an interview with cubing Instagrammer Noble Cubes. Alright, let's get into it. Hi, my name is Jack Kai. Hi, my name is Kieran Behan. Hi, I'm Kevin Lee from Cubing Coded, and you're listening to the Parody Podcast. Parody Podcast. Parody Podcast. The Parody Podcast. You're listening to the Parody Podcast, brought to you by your hosts, Mitch Creighton and Jan McGinley. Hello guys, and welcome to this month's episode of the Parody Podcast. We're so glad that we could join. Today we're going to be talking about the new cubes of this month, which there are actually quite a few of. And then we'll go over one of the most asked questions and most wanted things in speed cubing, and that is how to get sponsored by a company. After that, we'll talk with cubing Instagrammer Mr. Noble Cubes himself. All right, let's get into the show. Okay, first cube of the month is probably the most exciting one, and that's the new Waylong WRM 2020 3x3. The Waylong is Moyu's flagship 3x3, and it's been one of the most popular cubes of all time, pretty much. There's gone, it's gone through many, many phases. It started off with the Waylong GDS2, then there was like a GDS2 V, like a second one, then there was the GDS3, then more recently the W. Waylong WRM, I think that was last year, and now we've got the WRM 2020. So this seems to be a thing with Moyu of them uh, making or just doing like refreshed versions of their flagship cubes and just calling them WRM 2020. The first looks of this cube look really interesting. It looks like quite a nice cube, uh, quite similar to the WRM last year. Uh, I'm quite excited for it. What about you? Uh, personally, this is really exciting for me as I main the GTS 3M at the moment. Uh, I didn't really like the WRM, the one, because the magnets were a bit weaker than the GTS 3M. But I would have to say that this is what I'm really hyped for this as the 2020 line of the MF3S 3M 2020, they've been all good. And I just love how Moyu's now refreshing their cubes. I think it's really clean look and I think it's really good for the... I think it's really good for Moyu. Yeah, absolutely. And not just Moyu, but the cubing community in general. Because obviously, uh, Moyu's flagship cubes are one of... Obviously, f- Moyu's flagship line is one of the most popular lines of cubes. So, and I mean, we've seen this, I think, with uh, the 2x2, I believe. And then we've also had the MF3 RS3 refreshment. And now we've got the 3x3. So that's really great. Um, and I can't wait to see if this trend continues through all their flagship line. Yeah, uh, even GAN did the GAN X 2020, yeah. as the GAN X was quite a popular... It seems to be a really, or a bit of a trend at the moment, so, yeah, it's quite interesting. I'm really glad, because, I mean, cubes are really good, and so, to have all these flagships that were so popular and so great, just refreshed and made that little bit better as the cubing technology goes on is really great, and I'm really happy about that. Yeah, it's super exciting. Now, Mitch, do you think we should talk about the new timers? So, obviously, we have the Chi timer and the GAN timer's been oh, leaked. Oh, yeah. That's really cool. Timers aren't really, like, a huge part of cubing. But then again, at the same time, if it weren't for them, cubing would be totally different. The Chi timer looks really cool. It's got quite an interesting design. Oh, it's yeah. quite similar to the YJ timer, actually. I agree. I think the Chi timer actually looks one of the best timers I've ever seen, actually, if I'm honest. Uh, I really love the design. Like, it seems very clean, and personally, I'm not a big fan of the GAN timer's look, because it just looks a bit 
uh, too over the top. But cheese is nice and simple, and it shouldn't be too expensive, so I'm just excited yeah, for that. Yeah, no. But also, with Gan, I'm not sure. They'll probably have some sort of special feature on them, so that'll be interesting to see. We've seen heaps of timers recently, actually, be released, and it's really cool, because some of them look really good. And I mean, at the end of the day, they're all the same. They will time the same. So really, it does come down to preference on how they look and everything. And yeah, I'm really liking the look of the Chi one, for sure. Not all of them. Uh, some timers are more reliable than others. Obviously. Obviously, the Speed Stacks is... You can't deny that Speed Stacks is the best yeah. timer uh, because of the quality and just how well-built it is. And obviously, the YJ timers, uh, they're more of a budget, but I think they are quite reliable. Like, I haven't had a problem with my pocket timer, and that's my timer of mm. choice. So it just comes to how reliable this time, these two timers can be. Obviously, I have high expectations for Gan's timer. Yeah, of course. Uh, we've also seen a bunch of clocks be released as well. So we've had the Shengxiao Factory Magnetic Clock be released. This is really cool because previously, if you wanted a magnetic clock, then you'd have to magnetize it yourself. And I mean, that was fine and fun and stuff. For some people, or it is a bit of a difficult process, and some people just don't have the time or want to or can't do it without ruining their clock. So to be able to have this option to have your own factory magnetized clock is really great and I'm really excited to see how it ends up. 100% I have to agree with that as uh, this clock is definitely going to be the most popular clock. We'll see that at comps, yeah. you know, and I think this is a comeback for clock because like clocks been around for ages, but they haven't been new hardware and this is just the comeback. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, what are the hot topics over the month or month and a half or something that we almost ended up talking about on this show was should clock be removed from the WCA? I personally enjoy the event a lot and do not want to see it get removed. I would love to see a new record break. Like, this, there's a good chance that this will turn into a record as obviously now clock is coming more mainstream as there is a new factory magnetic clock. I would really hope that some people actually yeah. start breaking a records. A new record would be so good for the event, which is otherwise not looking that great at the moment. But as we said, this clock has really refreshed it. So to see a record broken would like cement it in the WCA for a very long time. And we also have oh, a sorry. first look, look at a Chi Yi clock as well. Uh, we haven't seen much about this at all, but hopefully this is factory magnetized. I'm not quite sure if it's been released about it being factory magnetized or not. This will be interesting as well because Chi make obviously make high quality puzzles. They've been doing really well at the moment as well. I've quite enjoyed their cubes lately. So I'd be interested to see what they can do with the Chi clock as well. Oh yeah, 100%. I would love to see a Chi clock. And no offense to Sengso or Sheng Xiao as they say, but I reckon the Chi clock would be a little yeah, bit better. Yeah. Just because uh they have that overall better build quality than Sheng Xiao as a brand or Lingao as a brand. So I'm not going to put down the Sengso or Sheng Xiao as because this is like break this is a breakthrough for clocks. Like there hasn't been a clock in ages. So I really respect what Sheng Xiao's doing. Yeah, they've doing. taken a huge step forward. Uh, they've made a risk and I think it will pay off in the long term. On to Pyraminxes now. Uh, we've got the Bell V2 finally released for public buying. I'm super excited about this. And my order of the Bell V2 is actually going to come tomorrow. So I am absolutely hyped. But the bigger news for Pyraminx is again Pyraminx being announced. That's right. GAN have just been releasing so many new cubes at the moment. It's been unbelievable. And 
uh, we've had a few first looks at the Gan Pyraminx. It's been sent out to a few people. And from what we can see, it looks really good. It's got the honeycomb designs with a really cool internal uh, features. It's quite soft and it's quite a quiet Pyraminx as well. Uh, and it's also got a GS system in the tips. Yeah, I think we talked about this on the last episode. Uh, it's definitely going to be hard to see how Gan can compete with the Bell V2. We'll just see how it goes because obviously you're getting the Bell V2, so we'll just have to see. What yeah, happens. of course. I mean, I'll be getting the Gan Pyraminx as well, either way, because I main Pyraminx as an event. Uh, and I'm interested to see how it turns out. Lots of people. I think it's just a matter of preferences between this and the Bell V2. Lots of people who have received the Gan Pyraminx so far have had to toss up between maining that or the Bell V2. And there has been decisions either way. Um, obviously, those versions that those people have gotten are just prototypes uh, and nothing else yet. We haven't seen anything out going out to companies besides Cubicle, I believe. That's the only company that's actually made a video or review about it. But I'm really interested to see how this whole story develops over the next month or so. Because I believe it's meant to be released uh, mid-August or something. So that's going to be cool. Alright, we're going to take a quick break real quick, and then we'll be back with how to get sponsored. Hey everyone, we're back, and now we're going to talk about how to get sponsored. Sponsorships are one of the most wanted things in cubing. I don't think that there is a cuber that doesn't want it. Even if they say they don't want it, you know that deep down they want free cubes. Now we, So now we're actually going to talk about some tips on how you can actually get sponsored yourself, as this is a very desired topic. Yeah, so I'm sponsored myself on YouTube, and of course I'm sponsored on this podcast. And in general, I have a lot of knowledge about cubing and sponsorships and stuff. So the thing with the sponsorship, and the main thing, is that the companies are making an investment. So they're going to put money into you, give you cubes in return for you promoting them, or you giving them stuff. So it's a win-win both ways. So the first thing that you need to do is actually build up an audience for them to actually come to so if you've got like we'll just say youtube as an example because that is one of the easiest ways to get sponsored so for this whole topic we'll be talking about getting sponsored on youtube so if you've got say like 50 or 100 subscribers then you're probably not going to get sponsored because there won't be as many people to come back and like go to the shop and stuff whereas however if you've got a thousand subscribers then you're a lot more likely because there's more people that will go to the shop and I mean, of course, with that, not everyone, not a thousand people are going to come because obviously people are subscribed from all around the world. They'll have shops closer and have cheaper shipping and all that sort of stuff. But the companies are making an investment and they're going to want to get something out of it. So it's not just giving you free cubes and that's it. They're going to need to get something out of that as well. Yeah, and if you think about it, say you have 100 subscribers and basically you uh, get sent a $15 puzzle from the company that sponsors you. Uh, say if you promote the, the cube and say good things about it and then says people you can buy this if you use our discount code, for example, then basically that company that sent you that $15 puzzle uh, wants to get maybe $15 of profit back at least. You only get out what you put in. If you don't put as much effort into your promotion, you probably won't get as much back. That's how. That's just how it works. Yeah, pretty much. The second thing about being sponsored, and this particularly happens for if you are a smaller YouTube channel or something, is that you've got to have potential and be able to grow. 
I think QB Encoded said it best on the podcast a couple of months ago or whatever, uh, that if you've got, say, 500 subscribers and you make okay videos, then a company probably isn't going to sponsor you and invest in you. However, if you've got 500 subscribers and make great videos, then a company will sponsor you because they see that you have potential and a future. But keep in mind, even if you make the best videos, uh, companies still, they it's their choice in the end of the day. You can't just say, oh yeah, I'm definitely going to get sponsored. They still make the decision. And if you don't get sponsored, no hard feelings because so many people want to get sponsored. There are only a few limited spots available for sponsorship as companies cannot just go around sponsoring 100 people. Yeah, exactly. Because if they do that, then chances are they might make profit on some people but there will be some people that they don't make profit. And as soon as you do get sponsored, they really do check if you're actually helping out their business because they could be losing profits if they choose to sponsor the wrong person. So you've got to make sure that you're right for their company. Exactly. And that's just a, something that happens with different people and it just depends on the way that you advertise yourself and you do your stuff. Yeah, and some people are better at sponsorships than others. It's If it's not your thing, then it's not a big deal. But there are different ways to being sponsored. Example, Max Park. He's sponsored by his Fast Solving and Fast Times. As you know, Gan reached out to him and obviously the Cubicle, which they send him free cubes, and I reckon they would send him a bit of money or travel money at least to compete. Uh, he uses their cubes and he wears their T-shirts, which is good promotion for their company. As, as, people, as people might see Max as people might see Max as a really fast cuber, so they're like, oh yeah, I'm going to buy a GAN cube because I'll be fast like Max Park. Yeah, exactly. Now with, different, now with you cubing, it's different as you are doing reviews of different cubes. So the companies will send you cubes for you to review, which will give you views and subscribers in the end of the day and will help promote their business. Exactly. So it's a win-win situation. Now, there is another one, which is Instagram cubing. As yeah. you know, there are a few Instagram cubers out there, and there's a few that are sponsored just through Instagram. Now, this is really hard, as there are only a few people that are actually sponsored on Instagram. And uh, basically, you just got to post daily, post good content, and use lots of hashtags, and I think you've got a good chance. Yeah, exactly. Um, we're actually going to be talking to Mo uh, Noble Cubes later, who is one of the biggest cubing Instagrammers and is sponsored so we're going to go over that uh, for Instagrammers and just go over, like, what you need to do and everything. Exactly. So and, Oh, sorry. You go. And also, I think it's quite new at the moment in the podcasting world. Obviously, we have the Corner Cutter podcast, which has affiliate links. And there is us that's sponsored by Daily Puzzles at the moment. Uh, so podcasts are quite new to sponsorships. And it's really interesting that the companies are uh, choosing to sponsor us, which is really fascinating. Yeah. And we're very grateful for it. And if you want us to keep being sponsored, then make sure you guys use code PARITY for 10% off daily puzzles. <laughs> anyway, so if a company does sponsor you at a low... If a company does sponsor you and you still are at a low subscriber count, say like 500 or 1,000, and like you're sort of... They're there to be with you the whole way. Then these companies are going to be with you the whole way. They've The reason they've invested in you now is because they see that you're going to be big in the future... And so they want to be there at the very start so that they can ride the whole way with you. They can, they're going to do absolutely everything that they can to support you and get you through there. And so you don't need to worry about that. When you think that you're ready to get sponsored, here's what I recommend. If your company hasn't reached out to you yet, you should reach out to a few companies, just letting, letting them know who you are and what you want out of the sponsorship. Tell them how you can help their business out and just be polite. Yeah, 
So basically what you want to go over is don't reach out to just one company. Reach out to a few companies, like local companies who like operate near you, like in your country or something. Companies you buy from regularly, all that sort of stuff. And yeah, just explain yourselves, ask what their sponsorship requirements are. Don't ask for a sponsorship straight away because you don't want to come on as aggressive or anything. If you say that, then companies are immediately going to know how polite you are and they're going to want to work with you so much more than if you just ask for a sponsorship. And there's also another thing to take into consideration. It's about the actual company. Now, as you know, Cubicle has very high expectations and only the finest and most uh, highest number of following uh, cubers actually get sponsored by the cubicle. Obviously, it's a dream for a lot of cubers. But if you don't get if you, but if they don't accept you to getting sponsored by them, then there are many different companies that you can also reach out to. Yeah, so obviously you've got the big ones such as the cubicle and Speakeasy Shop in the US, and obviously Daily Puzzles and Cube Lello in India, and we've also got Cubes UK and Cubos. But there's also so many other smaller companies around the place which would be absolutely perfect. I, at the start of this year, I was sponsored by a smaller company as well, and that was great because they sent me stuff and I gave them a lot of promotion for a company that most people hadn't really heard of. So it worked out really well both ways, and then now I am sponsored by Daily Puzzles, and so obviously most people have heard of that, and so that works really well as well because obviously a larger company, there's going to be a few more benefits to that. But I mean, I guess that is pretty much it to think about when you're getting sponsored. You just want to make sure that you are going, that you're making and doing your absolute best. And then when you feel like you're ready, then talk to a few companies and try work something out. This isn't something that's going to happen overnight. You are going to have to wait and just keep persisting and keep making good videos. The thing about YouTube and that sort of stuff is, is just a waiting game, really. And you just got to wait for all that stuff to come in because it will come. You've just got to wait for your time and everything will fall into place. So it might take a year or even two years to finally get sponsored. But in the end, it'll all be worth it and you'll be so happy that you went through all that effort. All right, we're going to take a quick break and be back on the other side with Instagram Cuba Noble Cubes. The following message was brought to you by a major sponsor of the show, TNL Cubing. For an advertisement such as this, Make sure you purchase our $3 advertisement at Patreon. TNL Cubing is better than Tingman. 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 Alright, as we said earlier, joining us here today for the interview is possibly the best cubing Instagrammer on Instagram. Joining us here today is Tom Noble, aka Noble Cubes. Welcome to the show. Yeah, hey guys, thanks for having me. Super excited. No worries, thanks for coming on. For sure. No so I guess the first question that just has to be asked is how did you decide to start becoming an Instagram cuber? Yeah, so I think it was more of just like um, I liked cubing, I liked photography, and I wanted to just share my sort of things uh, on Instagram or YouTube or something like that. And I found that Instagram was going to be the best place to do it just for photography-wise. And it was a good place to, you know, grow a bit of an audience as well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Instagram's the best for photography. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So why did you choose Instagram as a platform over something such as YouTube? Um, so I think it was more of just like a time factor. I think it's because uh, YouTube takes a lot of time. Uh, if anyone does YouTube, you'd know that uh, you have to yeah. like edit and uh, do all that kind of thing. And Instagram's just a lot more chill with like a single photo 
because I wanted to eventually upload daily, which is what I do now. And if I wanted to get to that stage on YouTube, uh, it would have to cut out a lot of the other things I do for my time. So um, definitely, yeah, yeah. YouTube's such a kind of yeah, YouTube's such a bigger commitment. Like, and Instagram's mm. it's still a commitment, but like obviously you're very busy, so it just works better for you. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I'm guessing that's why you like Instagram so much. Yeah, pretty much. It's mainly just the time thing. And yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. And so how did you actually grow on Instagram? Like, how did you start growing? Yeah, so I think it was um, a combination of a few things. First of all, it was like uh, when I started uploading daily was like a point where I was around I think a thousand followers or something and yeah I just decided all right this is getting somewhere I might as well actually commit to this so I started uploading daily um I got a few more uh, equipment things that would make my page a bit better and I also started making uh, my pattern videos which I think got a lot of traction to my page because oh yeah um yeah I think people the ones that get the most likes are my uh, pattern videos because I think they're just a quick easy thing that anyone with a three by three cube can do because yeah. um, I show you how to make the pattern and it's just a fun nice thing that yeah people would want to come to my page for so yeah, exactly. that's so awesome yeah I that's... mean I personally whenever you do something like that I personally will follow along with my own cube as well and yeah. it's just like the satisfaction of seeing it like that it's just really cool yeah, well, that's what I'm hoping everyone does. I get a lot of people uh, actually tagging me and that kind of thing, showing me, oh, I just did your pattern. What do you think? I'm like, yeah, yeah that's definitely. Awesome. That must yeah. be very rewarding. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And uh, as you grow, obviously, sponsorships come in. So, yeah, so how'd you get yep. sponsored by Daily Puzzles, I guess? Um, yeah, so it was, uh, I think. Uh, maybe about a year ago, I actually reached out to them and I wasn't really that big at the time. Um, so they were like, yeah, we'll we'll keep you updated maybe if you get a bit bigger. And uh, yeah. finally, I kind of oh, just yeah. like, thought about that and just kept going and, you know, growing and expanding my page and that. And yeah, yeah and then eventually they reached out to me and they just yeah, asked wow. if you be sponsored. Because, uh-huh. uh, yeah, because I think it's uh, my page... Um, is something that could help them as well because I do do a lot of various things these days. So that includes like uh, short, quick reviews and like um, I can talk about them as a company. And so I think yeah, they exactly. find that engaging, yeah. Yeah. That's so cool, yeah. What point were you – how big were you when you got sponsored? Um, I think it was around uh, 4,000 followers or something like that. Yeah, I don't right. think it was too big, but yeah, it was about uh, six months ago now. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, nice. So, how do you have you got any tips for anyone to get sponsored by not just Daily Puzzles, but any company as an Instagram cuber? Is there anything specific that you need to do or not do or anything? Um, I think the main thing is like, uh, kind of almost being like a youtuber as in like having uh well a a personal um thing because like a lot of instagram pages they're just like uh posting pictures of their cubes or posting 
I don't know, nothing to do with themselves. Like I actually do sometimes post pictures of myself and like my solves. And so people actually know who I am. I'm not just like yeah, definitely. You know, a faceless page. Yeah. And I think that's a big part of it because it's someone that people watching my videos and well, just looking at my page, um, know who I am. And it means that like, they'll be more engaged, which means they'll trust my opinion more if I say, you know, go yeah. <laughs> shop at daily puzzles, I suppose. Yeah. Because if it's just like um, a page that just posts like a picture of a cube, for instance, um, then it's not really something that people would listen to and trust their advice, I suppose. So, yeah, I think that's the reason why daily puzzles liked my stuff because of that. Yeah. Yeah, 100%, yeah. actually. I have to agree. Yeah, there's a lot of our Instagram accounts that aren't very, like, legit. Like, you don't really see them as a person. They're more like a robot that just posts pictures. When with your yeah. account, I really see someone who, like, people would actually engage with, like, interact with. It's more like, yeah, it's more legit. Mm, exactly. So, obviously, we've talked about Instagram. Now let's talk about actual cubing. Why do you like the event yeah. Skew so much? Um. Yeah, so I'd say Skew is probably my main event right now. I average around oh, five seconds or so. Um, I think I mainly just got into it because of the, well, oversaturation of all the other events, I suppose. I think it was like one of my first competitions I went to. Um, I wasn't that good at Skew. I think I was around eight, nine seconds. And yeah, I got like really high in the ranking. Like I think I came fifth or something like that. Yeah, and I was right. like, wow this is like maybe an event that not a lot of people do and it might give me a chance of getting a podium or something like that. So, yeah. um, and it's also a really unique turning, uh, puzzle as well. And it's just, yeah, it's something that not a lot of people know about. And I felt that I could excel in something like that. Yeah, exactly. That's so cool. And how did you get start? How did you start actually getting good at Skib? So what did you, what steps did you start taking to get like how you are now? Yeah, so I think, um, uh, well, if anyone's solved a skew before, you know that it's literally just like a combination of sledgehammers. And um, yeah. that on its own, if you like, can perfect that, I'm not saying I have, but if you can get the sledgehammer down really fast and really good, uh, then that's going to cut down your times significantly. Yeah. And I think um, the method I use now, I think it's like Sarah's Intermediate. Um, it's all just about combining uh the sledgehammers at the right time at the right place and so um when i eventually learned to do that uh yeah my times went down heaps so i just basically practiced cube on its own for ages and yeah i'm at a stage now that i find it pretty comfortable to get five four seconds <laughs> awesome that's so cool so yeah. what equipment do you use back to instagram what equipment do yeah. you use to take your photos on instagram do you do, use any particular lighting or cameras or anything like that? Um, so at the moment, I don't have a camera. I just use my phone. Uh, but I do use a tripod. I invest in a little tripod and yeah. I have a few colored backgrounds and that kind of thing because it's a lot nicer to look at than just, you know, my bare desk. Or yeah. Something like that. yeah, when I'm recording a video. So uh, I have like a few colored pages, I think with the colors as well, um, on the Instagram feed, uh, looking through someone's page, if it's like lots of nice bright colors, then yeah. you're automatically going to click on something like it's almost like yeah. clickbait. 
on YouTube, really. Um, but it's not thumbnail. It's just like yeah. they're not looking video. So, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I tend to look at uh, cubography with like like green backgrounds, more like with like nature. That really appeals to mm. me more than just like, you know, just the average photo on like a white piece of paper or whatever. Like unless the yeah. photo on the white piece of paper really like stands out, like obviously like you know tin or cubing his photos mm. of his cubes with the like nature in the background it really looks very oh, pleasing yeah. they're so good some of his thumbnails are awesome like oh yeah 100%. yeah yeah and another thing um i use sometimes i have like a light strip and sometimes oh, yeah? i have cubes in front of that um so it's it's not like in my room it's more like right in front of the cube which i guess can look pretty cool with some sort of photography um, I have a couple of pictures with that, but yeah, apart from that, not too much. I just make sure I get the right angles and yeah, make it look good. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So how long does it take to make your average posts, including like setups, obviously taking the photo or whatever? Do you edit the photos at all? How long does that take? Yeah. So I do edit the photos. Um, a lot of the things with the videos, the videos take a lot longer, obviously, than the photos. Um, some of just the cubography stuff, uh, I'm just like in a good place and I have my cube and I think, yeah, all right, I'm going to just line up a photo. Um, yeah. but with the, the pattern ones, they take a lot longer because I have to, first of all, find a pattern and then, uh, like decipher the notation and then, yeah, like understand the pattern so I can, um, demonstrate it, I suppose. And so that all comes with like the setting up of the tripod and yeah, like, angling it right so it looks good I suppose on my page because that's a big thing I need to think about like um what it'll look like on Instagram not just like I suppose on my desk if that makes sense yeah Uh, yeah and so uh maybe it takes it doesn't take that long because like I said YouTube is obviously a lot longer and I try to make my things pretty quick but yeah probably longer than other people I guess I'm not really sure and to do with the time, like, obviously you are an adult and you have a job and you're working and studying. So yeah. how long do you think you'll actually be doing Instagram for? Do you think you'll do it for a while or do you think one day you'll have to stop doing it? Um, that's a good question. I'm not actually sure. Um, at the moment, I don't see an end. But um, I think Instagram's probably as far as I'm going to go as in, like, social media stuff i don't yeah think unless you like blow up maybe <laughs> well yeah that's about it i mean if like a lot of people want me to make a youtube page or something but no nah, that doesn't really interest me as much um yeah i i enjoy it it's like a bit of a casual thing that i can add to my cubing i suppose um yeah no nah, i think i'll be doing it for a while yeah, it's all about balancing, like, uh, cubing with, like, jobs and, like, studies and stuff. Life. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And just talking like about that. your life, how did you get into graphic design? Yeah, so um, I think oh, as a kid I've always enjoyed drawing and designing and that kind of thing. And um, I did a few classes in school to, you know, learn those skills. And, yeah, yeah. at the moment I'm a... Uh, a second year uni student in Melbourne studying graphic design. So, um, yeah, I find that pretty interesting and rewarding and yeah. That's so good. That's awesome. You're just doing what you love. 
Yeah, exactly. And thing. to do with graphic design, what program do you actually mainly use for your designs? Um, yeah, so I mainly just use uh, Adobe Illustrator. I think it's just the best one for the kind of graphics I do, the sort of yeah, definitely. 2, 2D vectors and uh, that kind of thing. Photoshop's more made for like uh, editing photos and uh, combining graphics with photos. So I do use that as well sometimes, but um, the logos and uh, banners and that kind of thing I make at the moment, they're all just, yeah, need Illustrator. That's so cool. Yeah, That's right. awesome. That's awesome. Mm. So how have you been able to make some designs for Speakeeping Australia? Because obviously you did the Nationals banner uh, and I believe you did the, what's it called, Road Trip banner as well. That was amazing. How yeah. did you able to do that? Thanks. Yeah, so um, it was just at a competition. I think it was the Bendigo one at uh, the start of this year. They basically just came over to me and, um, well, first of all, there was like a competition for uh, the Nationals logo and obviously I entered that. And um, yeah, they, they uh, the competition was like, they weren't going to announce it until later in the year. But uh, one of the officials came up to me and they said, wow, we really like your design. Um, would you like to make more for us? And so like, they didn't actually tell me that I'd won yet. They just said, you know, would you like to make some other ones? And I was like, right. yeah, for sure. And so the yeah. first one they asked me to do was, um, actually it was the road trip one. Yeah, because that wasn't announced yet either, but they sort of wanted me to keep that quiet <laughs> until it was released. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then they also got me to design uh, the online one. Like the yeah, that was really cool. Yeah, the half cube with the Wi-Fi, Wi-Fi thing. thing. Yeah. Mm, I really liked that. And yeah, and then eventually... Um, I think that's all I've done at the moment, but as as obviously because of COVID, there's no competitions to actually design anything for. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think basically I just wanted to like redesign their competition logos because I don't know who was making them, but a lot of them weren't that exciting. They were sort of just like text. Um, so yeah, it's really nice to have a sort of graphic approach to these kind of things that just makes everything more professional and yeah yeah that's amazing so how do you actually think of your designs because they're really creative especially that road trip one was just amazing and i know i never would be able to ever Mm. think of anything like that how do you come up with that is it like a process of brainstorming and stuff or well thanks um it is a process of brainstorming yeah so mainly what i do is like uh, I just think of things related to, well, for instance, the road trip one, um, I made like, I just drew a couple of roads and a couple of like hills and that kind of thing. Um, and just sort of what you'd think of as a road trip and like some cars and that sort of stuff. And I ended up, uh, designing just like a nice road going through a bunch of hills. Um, oh, yeah? and this was just mm. on paper. Yeah. And then, Eventually, I just scan that and put it into Illustrator and then make it look good there. So uh, I mainly make my designs first on paper and then just make yeah. the final on Illustrator. I don't just jump straight onto Illustrator yeah. and start drawing because then nothing will get done. Yeah, right. Hmm. That's really interesting. So what do you enjoy doing in your spare times apart from cubing and graphic design and stuff? Um... Well, not at the moment because of COVID, but 
I'm uh, a bit of a, a gymnast. I do gymnastics things. Wow. Um, yeah, and so I enjoy that a fair bit. I've been doing that for a couple of years. Um, wow. Yeah, and like to tie it in with cubing, I think I reckon what will happen is if I ever get a world record or something like that, um, I got to do a backflip <laughs> to to sort of solidify that moment. I think that'd be that'd pretty be cool. The, that'd be not, the best celebration not, ever. Not that that's probably going to happen, but yeah, I don't think there's too many cubers that could probably do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but Tom, say you got the ski world record and you did a backflip, you'd probably get a lot of views on YouTube. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, maybe I'd have to start a YouTube channel at that point. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be uh, it more than just some silly old record that'd really stand out, I think. Oh, sure. I think people would love that. Oh, it'd be so yeah. funny. I remember interviewing the ski world record holder, Andrew Huang, and there wasn't even oh, yeah. a camera on him when he got the the world record. I uh, know. Um, yeah, I make sure to record all my stuff. Not that I'm expecting to get a world record, obviously, yeah, yeah. but... You Nor know, was he. He got a six well, exactly. average and he still he got a world record. Yeah. yeah. Nah, maybe I should teach Felix to do a backflip or something. Then <laughs> next time he gets one. Uh, that would be awesome. That's funny. Anyway, I think we're going to wrap it up here. Thank you so much, Tom, for coming on. No worries, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's been so much fun. So everyone listening to the show, if you want to check out Tom Noble, he's at NobleCubes on Instagram. Go to get him to 7,000 followers. Yeah, we'll leave the link in the show Cheers, notes. Guys. Thank you so much to Tom Noble for coming on the show. We really appreciate you coming on. Yeah, thanks so much. That was just such a fun interview. And for some people wondering, we did have some technical difficulties, so I'd like to apologise personally for us not getting the show out on the first. Yeah, uh, but it will be going back to normal from now on, so it'll be all good. It was just a bit of a technical difficulty as we had trouble recording on Discord, but we should be all good, so thanks everyone for tuning in. Anyway, we're going to take a break and we'll be back with a true or false. This episode of the Parody Podcast was sponsored by dailypuzzles.com.au. If you're looking for fast, reliable shipping, quality customer service, then you need to check out Daily Puzzles. They really do sell the best product and they have the best service. I highly recommend, even if you don't use our code, but if you want to support us, you can use code PARITY for 10% off. That's P-A-R-I-T-Y for 10% off your entire order. All right, we're back. Now let's do the true or false. Okay, so you guys should know by now that me and Yarn are doing a true or false competition. This is going to go over six months where we both have three questions. Oh, sorry, five questions each, and we've got to try to get as many as we can. We both got three the first time, and then Young got four last time. All right, so let's just get into it. True or false? Felix Zemdix's first 3x3 world record was 7.03. Oh, that's a good question. Um, I'm going to say false. That's correct. That is false. That gives you one point. Awesome. True or false? The Rubik's Cube was originally called the Magic Cube. Uh, I'm going to say false for that one. Oh, uh, it's actually true. The Rubik's Cube was actually called the Magic Cube before it became the Rubik's Cube. Really? Wow. True or false? Cubehead was the fastest ever cubing YouTube channel to hit 10,000 subscribers. Uh, I'm pretty sure I'm just going to have to say true for that one. Yep, that's correct. He was... Well, he grew very, so quick. Very quick. <laughs> True or false? 36 by 36 is the biggest end by end puzzle ever made. Uh, I don't think I've seen that before, so I'm just going to say false. There's definitely been a 33 by 33 or something. Yep, the 33 by 33 is the biggest ever made. Wow. 
True or false, does Leo Boromir hold the fastest unofficial 3x3 solve ever? Uh, I'm going to say false that. I think Max has got something better than that. That's correct. Max Park does have the fastest unofficial. Nice. Okay, that's four out of five. So I'm going to have to work hard next month to actually beat Mitch. Yeah, so that means we're both tied again on four. seven. Oh. On seven questions overall. So that's not bad. All right, that was a lot of fun. Anyway, I think that's it for this episode. Thanks everyone for watching. We really appreciate you tuning in. And thank you for standing with our technical difficulties. Anyway, we really enjoyed this. Hope you guys enjoy it as well. Make sure you listen out for us next month where we will be back out on the first. Just this one was a one-off. See you guys again next time. And until then, happy cubing. Thanks everyone. This episode of the Parody Podcast was sponsored by dailypuzzles.com.au. Mitch, do you love fast shipping? Hell yeah. Do you love great cubes? Of course I do. And do you like reliable customer service? Absolutely. Well, then you need to check out dailypuzzles.com.au. They're an Australian business, but they ship worldwide, and they just have great customer service and great shipping rates. And if that's not it, then why not get an extra 10% off your entire order? Many companies offer a weak and petty 5%, but no. Daily Puzzles will give you a 10% discount off of your order if you guys use code PARITY for 10% off. That's P-A-R-I-T-Y for 10% off your entire order.